0: Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. You're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. Here are your hosts, Marlene Stimme and Andy Blaker. How are you doing tonight, Andy?
1: Good evening. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. We have reached the end of season five in our last recording. We are at the Cheers season five roundup and superlatives discussion so this is going to be a fun one i always like lists so i think this will be good to go through absolutely and if you have any thoughts on the season we can incorporate those as well there's a little section i put in here called season themes or something like that which we could do now or we could kind of get started with our first category
1: let's start off with some teasers all right get it rolling
0: do you want to go first or do you want me to go Sure. I wrote several down,
1: trying okay. to figure out what would be my my favorite. So these are just ones that I guess stand out as noteworthy to me for one reason or another.
0: Okay. Um, are you starting with the third one or the first one?
1: Well, um, okay, third one. We'll start with third one. Or does one. it? Okay. Uh, third one is from episode 14. I forgot to write down the title. Uh, this is when the cold open, they're doing the Impressionists. They're oh, talking yeah. about Impressionists, French painters and everything, and they all proceed to do their impressions of of certain famous French painters and Woody does an impression of the mayor with like this shirt stuffed up his shirt it's a real lopsided growth looking thing mm-hmm. and uh, says he does, is doing the mayor of Hanover Indiana. I don't know exactly why but I just really stood out in my mind that one.
0: That was one of the ones I was considering it was tied for my I guess third place like they're not so much in order the teasers but that was one of them that I had in there, was the Impressionist one, because I like that. I thought Woody was great. I think that when we mm-hmm. did the episode, we talked about how that had shades of like Woody Harrelson's career to come in that. And then I also, I just love the idea that Cliff, Cliff talks about the imp- impressions, like he does impressions. I think Fraser's talking about going to see an Impressionist exhibit, and Cliff mm-hmm. says something about doing impressions. And he says he does a great Cezanne. And I just love yeah. that idea of like the impressions of Impressionists. So. <laughs> that was you know that was a possibility for me as well right but the one i picked is the loch ness monster discussion so when when norm is reading the paper and he remarks that there's been another sighting of the loch ness monster and woody remarks that it looks like president reagan (laughs) norm corrects him on the article he's referring to and then cliff wonders if they're ever going to catch the loch ness monster like cliff is assuming he's real i suppose and Fraser says he hopes they never do and asks rhetorically if any of them really wants to see that poor beast hauled out of the water and put on display in some sideshow. And Woody says, well, I sure would. And he starts discussing how they could all go together, and he doesn't mind driving. <laughs> <laughs> and Norm's trying to interrupt. And so, like, you see Woody, all, they, you know, keeps trying to cut him off and explain the situation to him. And Woody's going on about how it would be kind of fun. We could pack a lunch and ask who wants peanut butter and jelly and who wants bologna. You know, everybody is exasperated. Frasier has his head in his hands, and Norm starts to try one more time and then says, I'll have one of each. <laughs> right. Just love that. Mm-hmm. Given they're going to go see the Loch Ness Monster whenever they catch <laughs> it, and they're already planning it. It's a great one. It's a fun zany one. That is from House of Horrors with Formal Dining Room and Used Brick. So no connection uh-huh, okay. to the episode. It was just kind of a, a quirky opener.
1: Right. I feel like I need to I need to look at the, I, I forgot to, I wrote down the episode numbers, but for some reason didn't get the titles on these, so I can plug those in if need be.
0: I think the first one you did was Diamond Sam. I only remember that because I was looking at it too.
1: Okay. Well, my number two teaser pick would be episode 16. They say it's like two o'clock at the bar and it's time to go home and Norm remarks, you know, how can 17 hours pass mm. so quickly? <laughs> and then Woody lets slip at his daylight uh, savings time. Was it Woody that let that slip? Oh my god, a Fraser! I
0: think so. It's, I don't think Fraser's there at that point. No, it is remember. Woody. You're right. It's, it's Woody. Woody.
1: It is Woody because he's spring forward, fall back. They realize that it's an hour earlier than they thought, and so they settle back in. And, and, and mm-hmm. Norm's like, I almost went home, you know. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love life, or yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, that's right. Because he's just he just pleased. It's like the little things that please him. Mm-hmm. And then the thing about 17 hours going by so quickly, I like that too. <laughs> so my second one. Sam comes in to the office. He's listening to his answer machine, and it has like all of the employees car- calling with various messages. Carl's going to be late. Second call is from Diane's episode when she's on jury duty, and she leaves this long message, which he fast forwards. About, it's about the trial, and then Woody calls to say that Diane called after he left and wanted Woody to give him a message. And then he pauses and says, "I love you, bye." <laughs> and he calls back to clarify with Diane saying, "I love you." And Sam's like kind of going through his mail and paperwork and casually paying attention, and what he calls leaves another message, and Sam listens, and what he says don't, mis- don't misunderstand me. I really like you a lot <laughs> 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 And so Sam is just kind of sitting there and smiling what he calls a fourth time. It's like I've been thinking about it, so but thinking over thinking it over, Sam, I do love you. <laughs> and Sam just smiles and goes back <laughs> to reading through his papers. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's funny. I think it's just warm hearted. It's um from never love a gully part two indeed and that was also my number one pick oh <laughs> I really okay well you can one. say something about it too
1: no uh, i i just like how you it summarizes obviously what part one was um but mm-hmm. also does something original with 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 the with its content so i thoroughly yeah enjoyed that's that one i'll go ahead and sub in another one for you know whatever another one that really stands out to me is uh from episode 10 woody is uh Late at night, cleaning up by himself at the bar, listening to the radio, and an ad for uh, becoming a court stenographer comes on. And he becomes kind of intrigued, finds a pen and paper, but can't get the number down in time, and the radio goes on to another ad, and he just puts the pen down, resumes the brim, and, you know, moves on with (laughs) life. And I, yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah,
0: I like that, too. He just kind of goes back to whistling, or whatever it was he was doing before. Mm -hmm. That is good. So my favorite one is Sam it starts with Sam saying he had a crazy dream last night. He sort to party with strangers and realized he wasn't wearing any pants. And Norm and Cliff are commenting that they've had that dream. You know, they're all sort of commenting basically on common dreams that people have. And Norm mentions the ones when he's back in college and you haven't been in class the entire semester and the teacher's about to give you the final exam. And Carla says that's the worst. So they're all chiming in on these like sort of culturally common dreams. And then Woody says, how about the one where you go to this fancy restaurant before they let you in? <laughs> They make you leave your legs at the door. And everybody's like baffled by what he's talking about. And he goes on and he says, and he's like, he's doing like the bar chores, like pouring cherries into the condiment bin and so forth. It's like, the girl gives you claim check six and you go in, but instead of food, everyone's eating their silverware. Only you can't really enjoy your fort because you're so worried that whoever got claim check number nine might finish first and pick up your legs by mistake. (laughs) And Woody just kind of nods, He looks around. Everyone is like startled and they just start to nod I'm like, oh yeah, yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> at this very surreal odd dream Woody has described. That is the teaser for Tan and Wash. Yes. And I just love it. Yes. The like Woody's one, too. idea of a recur of a you know common and recurring dream.
1: I feel like Woody is a common denominator throughout most of these i know at least mine where too. you know yeah. he he's almost a character perfect for it you know just like mm-hmm. coach was in some ways you know because you can do a lot with him in only a few minutes or a minute or two You know, right so
0: and he plays so well off the other characters like there is what was the teaser when he's telling fraser about the pool game he goes through the whole thing with the pool game and every step along the way and he won the pool game like, see fraser just asked how he broke his thumb And it turns out he slipped on the ice. So there's the entire, you know, that interaction. He just is funny interacting with the other characters in short scenes, I think. I think you're right, because he's in all three of mine in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. And then one of them that I considered, but I have in a bigger category later, so I'm trying to spread out the love among all the episodes, was the one when Fraser gives his whole spiel on Rudolph and how he was this, like, basically toxic character in yes. Christmas music. But that's yeah. all starts with Woody as well. And that's kind of that little interaction between them, too. So, you know, he's a good, he's a d- teaser character, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to move to guest stars? Yes, Does that work? I okay. do.
1: I've got just a few. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed when I was going back and, and kind of looking at, at who they were and everything, we really didn't have too many this, I mean well let me mm-hmm. let me put it this way too many in terms of brand new. We had some that had been recurring like we had right. Lilith. right I don't know if she's not a regular at this point. That's I don't true. really know if you'd call her recurring. she's just kind of like a guest star. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't count her because she's becoming a regular slowly so
0: um, I, I was, didn't either for that same reason because right. she would have been if I if she were just a guest star but I did not right.
1: So um, I think we can both agree that uh, John Cleese in Simon Says was mm-hmm. uh, perfect. He won the um, Outstanding Guest Actor Emmy, something like that. He won mm-hmm. an Emmy for that for that um, performance yeah. as Dr. Simon Finch Royce. I mean, he's just great in anything he does. But this role seemed written exclusively for someone like him.
0: So. It did. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually my number one for guest actors. Yeah. Artists. Because yeah. even though it's a, it's a big guest turn, and Cheers, I think, doesn't always do that. It works mm-hmm. so well, and he's so fantastic, like you said, in that character. And then some of his remarks come up in my section on characters and quotes and things like that. He didn't necessarily drive the episode, but he was definitely the focal point of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, raised I the didn't. bar on it, so exactly and I, I i didn't even think
1: to rank these i don't know why so he would have to be my number one too i only have three that i wrote down anyway but he'd be number one
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great hmm. um, what about you okay so my like i said he's my number one my second one i guess these are sort of in order second one is corinne played by doris grau she was in dinner at Eightish, and cheers the motion picture and she's not a major character like John Cleese is Simon Finch-Royce. but she's just perfect she fits in at Cheers, she fits in with her little cowgirl hat at the hungry Heifer when Woody and Norm go there when they're filming that portion of uh, Woody's movie for his parents it's just that she, that diner waitress persona I think is fantastic I just love her she works well with like Norm in cheers when they're you know when she's in cheers and with Woody I mean both her scenes seem to revolve more around Norm and Woody. And I know the year before, she was in there really briefly, too, you know, in season four. I think she's perfect. I would have liked to see more of her, but I think what we get is just fantastic. So mm-hmm. she is my, my second choice.
1: I didn't even think about Corinne. I feel like I'm let major love Corinne, letdown. Though, yeah. I love Corinne. I didn't even, I don't know why it didn't occur to me to count her mm-hmm. as a guest star, I guess, because. Yeah, she's a. I don't know why not, but.
0: It's not, I like, guess it's not a big star guest turn. She just right, fits right. in. So, right. Exactly. so comfortably. Um my next
1: pick would be Billy Bird in A House Is Not a Home.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> I really
1: enjoyed her. I thought she was, you know, Yeah, she's good. Yeah, in, in um, her her best line was when we first meet her and she's talking about, you know, 40 years in the home leaving <laughs> yes. emotional and she, she confessed, to, I must confess, I touched, touched liquor this, this morning. <laughs> morning. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she's so scandalized by the idea. Um, but then she, uh, she just kind of, you know, they don't give her a whole lot to do. You could argue that's probably true. She's kind of just this grandmotherly old lady type. But yeah, um, I don't know. I thought it worked really well. I just think she embodies that role.
0: She does. I really liked her. That line about, like, I confess, I touched liquor, that was great. Yeah. And then I love the part at the end when she's talking about um, Sam wanting them to leave. And she's like, yeah. no, Santa's right. He may have been a little rude about it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just Those great. are the two moments
1: that come to mind for her. Yeah. She's so good. I
0: didn't think of. Well, I just I don't know. I kind of like went through that episode in my mind and skipped over all of you know the the people in it. But I yeah, she was she does she does stand out by yeah. fitting in as that character. So I had I don't know there, there were other people that I thought did good work and that I enjoyed, but the one I came to, and I'm curious like who else you have on your list, because the next one that I came to was Desiree Harrison, played by Catherine McGrath in the book Mm. of Samuel. So the woman that ultimately is Sam's cleaning lady, but it's when Woody is looking for a date for the evening to try to show his nail former girlfriend Beth, who's marrying another man, that he is okay and that he has a girlfriend and all of this. And so he just finds someone in the book and calls her and desiree had like the best the best the best or something like that you know sam had written this in his little black book have come to find out from carla it's like she's the best cleaning lady and i thought she was she was funny because she just has the very like basic response to things but then she also had a sort of you know poignancy and like humanity to her character and then sort of befriending woody at the end i really like that too and i thought she did a good job with that and kind of mixing in with that that little that little group in the episode so i picked Mm -hmm. her
1: yeah you know and and that's a role i'll get to this later in this episode that's an episode for for one reason or another the book of samuel i i was reading over notes and stuff and i'm like Mm -hmm. i don't really remember much about this one i don't know why it's just one that i for some reason it didn't stand out in any regard but when you bring her up, I do, I remember her now and, and yeah. specifically her portrayal on how kind of bad you feel for her at certain parts, you know, they're kind mm-hmm. of just laughing at her and everything. And, but she's just very down to earth kind of, you know, authentic character. Right. Like, um, I am going to, my third pick is, um, the judge in chambers versus. Malone. Oh, I
0: almost put him in there. <laughs> oh, I love that judge. Just, yeah. Yeah. In just, my list too.
1: yeah. There's, I, again, for for someone who really doesn't have a lot in, in terms of like a big guest or name or, or anything, but he's he just fits the role real well. He's like watching mm-hmm. this whole oh, this whole circus unfold before him, and he's amused by it. You can tell at different points, and I just think he you know what what's really just very much a straight character. He he kind of does a little bit with, and I oh I, yeah
0: I, I yeah. That. I like the line. There's so many, like like you said, like little, he did a lot with like having a little bit to do, but the point I think that I liked the most was when somebody asked, like if it pleases the court, they wanted Sam to propose to Diane again, I think was the Mm -hmm. thing. And he's like, if it gets us out of here, it absolutely thrills the court. (laughs) (laughs) All of his little comments to them, I think were great. Yeah. That's a, that's a great choice. Did you have anybody else on your list? Those were the only names I jotted down. Okay, me too. I feel like we're leaving people out, but like I agree with you, they're not a tremendous number of people that you could say are like huge guest stars or anything of that sort. But
1: well, and there's you know, like I said, what stands out in your mind, right? When you're going back over 25, 26 episodes, Mm -hmm. it's a tall order for it to stand out in some regard, you know? Right.
0: And I think John Cleese stands out so far above anybody else that that's kind of overwhelms most of the other options too. Oh, absolutely. Let's see. What do you want to do next? We've got basically like quotes and moments and characters, like sort of things that aren't necessarily the episodes, like favorite or least favorite episodes themselves, mm-hmm. but just parts of episodes maybe. Mm-hmm. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the meat of everything I've got. <laughs> okay, I so I, of, I think a yeah. dive in there.
0: Okay. So I have, and I listed this under quotes. This one is a, it's, it's kind of just a <laughs> hodgepodge of aspects of tannin wash. So like spoiler alert, I did not put that in my top three episodes, even though it is a personal favorite and I just adore it. It would definitely yeah. have an honorable mention as a favorite, but it's not necessarily mm-hmm. one of my, the things that I think is the best. So I had to honor it a few times in my other categories. Mm-hmm. So, And I think there's so many good moments too. So these are moments slash quotes. One of them was when Woody doesn't want to invest in Norm's scheme. And he says his dad gave him sound advice when he left home. And he names three things, a third of which is never spend venture capital on a limited partnership without a detailed analytical fiduciary prospectus. <laughs> and he's like cleaning the table as he says it, you know, it's just <laughs> a very matter of fact. Right. And then later in that episode, he comes back out, Sam has asked him to ask Diane how her date went. Diane, you know, has been peppering Sam with the kind of teasing him about this date she's had. And so Woody starts to describe, based on Diane's words, date to this date. And he talks about her beautiful night of magic. The ballet was exquisite. And he's using all of the Diane words. The best part of this <laughs> to me was that Chad held her porcelain like hand lightly, tracing tiny circles on her alamander. <laughs> Sam blows up. It's like alabaster. And Woody corrects himself to like alabaster skin. Mm-hmm. Just what are you thinking through the word alec? Like, is it alamander? There, I still laugh whenever I even think about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the other part was all like basically like the Frazier bits. Frazier getting sunburned with the tanning machine number three, the Bahama, the faulty thermoregulator and tanning machine number three, the Bahama mama. Mm-hmm. And then Diane asking like, "Frazier, is sunburned? He's like, no, I'm doing my impression of a blood blister. <laughs> And then the part when Carlos slaps, asks, like, what was his reaction the first time he saw Diane naked, and then slaps him on the back and he screams. Mm-hmm. So, all of those things, I know that's not necessarily just quotes, but all of those things are sort of favorite quotes from Tan and Wash. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. That's a fun one. That's mm-hmm. a fun one. Uh, yeah, these are I, some quotes, some single lines, moments, yeah. random things, just things that stand out as, as thoroughly enjoyable. From the episode Abnormal Psychology, the entire <laughs> <Yes>. TV <laughs> episode with Frasier and Lilith, obviously. Uh, and I know that a lot of people uh, looking at like IMDb ratings, a lot of people adore that episode and it, it's great. But specifically that scene where they're just doing the, the, the double entendres keep escalating mm-hmm. and then you're flashing back before back and forth between Sam and Diane and, and Fraser's expressions and Lilith, the whole thing. It's just perfect.
0: Yeah, that's actually my number one for favorite scenes. This like uh-huh. a scene, yeah, it's like them on the show. Just the way they show the close up of Fraser's startled face when wa- Lilith walks out, all <laughs> dressed up. Yeah, the host that is this like younger. I might just imagine that he's this like newly minted PhD or something, somebody that's earnest and young in the field and is dealing with these two people that are right. having this huge. Like you said, like double entendre mm-hmm. discussion right in front of him. Like everything is in these very thinly veiled sexual metaphors. <laughs> um using like flooding to treat phobias and Lil is holding her finger in her mouth. Like you said, there's all of their behaviors and Diane <laughs> Diane's like she can't watch it but she can't not watch it either. And then they all break right in for a transcript of the show and Frazier and Lilith are like slinking down their chairs, running their feet up each other's calves, like crossing over the host who's just like, it's just the entire thing is so well done. Yeah. Love it. And then, the, yeah, like you said, the bar's reaction to it as well. That's, yeah, it's a good one.
1: Absolutely. Oh, your turn, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I got carried away because that's, like I said, that's my number one, <laughs> one. Let's see. So I have, if we're doing these all as a group, I have a whole bunch of these, but I'll go to the one that's kind of a quote. It's Sam's monologue, in the courtroom in Chambers versus Malone, explaining their situations, like you wanted me to propose to you, I propose to you. You say no, I say fine. I never want to see you again. You find me nuts, telling me you want to propose again. You want me to propose again? I do. You turn me down. Next thing I know, I'm in a court of law where I've got to propose to you, or I'll go to jail. It's a classic American love story. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like his demeanor. Yeah. And I like his wording and everything about that. Uh,
1: The Thanksgiving food fight Mm -hmm. from Thanksgiving Orphans. Of course, another fan-favorite episode. Um, Just everyone's on their last nerve with everyone else, and they just let loose. And it's just a fun, fun bit. And then you have the almost spotting of Vera coming in with a a pie to the face. And just, just the whole thing. It was so well done.
0: Yeah. It really is. And it's like... As slapstick comedy goes, it's still hysterical because you can see how into it they are and how it's escalated to that point. Diane yeah. has a
1: great reaction too. She comes rushing in from the kitchen and she's just like, I can't remember exactly what she was like. People, people, you will stop the the people, people. <laughs> yes.
0: She just stop loses this it. immediately. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to mention as another favorite part that's sort of, a, it's a monologue as well, but it's, a, it's also part of a scene. It's Diane's reaction to Sam getting a poem published in her quest to find the poem's source in Everyone Imitates Art. So it's her monologue about the Syzygy, the magazine, the poetry magazine circulation. Because Fraser's telling Diane that she's taking it too far, and the circulation of this literary magazine is probably only about 600 people. And she just goes off, and she says that's just the beginning. She tells the story of how the original 600 readers drop their copies on buses and taxi cabs and in doctor's offices, and another 600 people pick them up and take them to the airport, and they go all over the country. And then they get taken on international flights. Tierra del Fuego, Sierra Leone, all the remotest parts of the world. <laughs> it's like her line, soon I defy you to find me a house, a hut, an igloo, or a wiki-up that doesn't have a copy on the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> and then her, the, she says, I really think Diane or Shelley Long escalates this so well. It's like, but then, 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 everyone in the world, every living thing in the world will be laughing at me because he got published and I did not. She's <laughs> crying by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And they're... Third times when I think of that line, like, every living, like, everything, and I'll, in my head, be like, every living thing.
1: <laughs> it has so many and practical uses for life, doesn't it?
0: It does. Yeah, it really does. It really does so.
1: That's a good one. I like, to later in that episode when she comes in, or maybe it's that same scene when she she's, like, dressed down. She, it's the one mm. episode where she's not her buttoned-up, fussy self. Like, she's right. just, like, this... Not, I don't want to say slovenly dressed, but, you know, just for her, very slovenly dressed, you know, and kind of has her voice affectation down. And I'm just,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she was a little more tolerable, actually, that that, that She time. was another version <laughs> of her that was more tolerable. Yes, yeah.
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I have several moments from Spellbound that I need, oh, good. To, okay. need to go over. Well, first off, any interaction with Diane and Nick Tortelli is, is great. Mm-hmm. He comes in and, and is... I can't remember exactly where the line comes in, but basically trying to woo Diane, and and she says something. uh, I'd rather be the love slave of a Greek army battalion, and and Nick says, "Who wouldn't?" wouldn't? (laughs) (laughs) And then, but what solidifies that line is is her face to that line that she Mm. makes. She's like this disgusted, surprised look that he would say that, and he's like, then he says something like, "It kind of got buried by the laughter, but um, dreams don't come true or not something like that." Basically backing it up. So yeah, I just. I don't know why I love that line so much, but her face seals it for me. And then later in that episode, you have um, Diane, Carla, and Loretta having a little girls' night.
0: Yep, uh, at the table, at the bar, after it's closed.
1: Mm -hmm. And just, uh, there's so many different parts and lines here, but Loretta's line stands out about... uh, like a, like a marine, marine biologist <laughs> knows Marines. <Yes>. About <laughs> yes. how Nick knows women. Wasn't that what yes. it was about? Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're all kind of doing those those comparisons or yes like to something. And then that's what she volunteers for. She I comes up that. with
0: that. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. She was really great in that. It's just so fussily polite in her grief. Right. When she's crying, like, I'm fine. Thank you. And you, or whatever it was. She yes, was, saying. yes.
1: Yeah. Oh. No. Loretta from that episode is great. I mean, yep. like I said, there, she's all. There's always some good lines you can expect from her every time mm-hmm. she appears. But that one, and then last one I'll mention from that, that's the episode where Fraser is on this chess kick.
0: Yes. And, oh, that's um, right. Because I wanted he, to say something about
1: that part too. Yeah, he's beating everybody, and then he meets his match with Woody, and mm-hmm. Woody's winning, and and Fraser can't handle the stress. And then when Woody wins the final
0: time, he likes he just he, he makes the bomb noises the doesn't woody make the bomb no- he the makes <laughs> the bomb noises
1: all along fraser's sick of him doing that and then on the final one when fraser you know moves his arm and, and swipes it right off the table and then woody does that bombing sound again <laughs> and fraser does it too and then storms out i love it
0: that is great <laughs> i love that side plot that's really yeah. great yep there are a few things that involve diane and norm so i'm going to say their conversation about dreams and dance 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 when Norm says that dreams just give you heartache. He's never had a dream. You just take life as it comes. And Diane is talking about what might have been, you know, so the very different philosophies of life and ways of approaching life and what would make somebody happy, basically. And then Norm's kind of corresponding speech back to Diane in Norm's first hurrah about wanting to be a bench warmer and how the world needs bench warmers and he doesn't want to go for it. He doesn't want to achieve. He's happy where he is. I really I love both of those discussions between them. and i I always say it's also because I have a little section on like the themes of the season this kind of gets into that. So I would say like the idea of pursuing dreams versus taking life as it comes. So you have like Diane's philosophy of life or at least how she thinks she's living her life versus norms, fairly developed, I would say, philosophy of his uh-huh. own life right um, but the the part, the points in the season when that comes up, I really, really enjoy. And then I also enjoy. <laughs> On the other humorous side of that, in Dance, 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 when they have Diane watching the videotape that um, Madame Likova has sent over for her, Mm -hmm. and she's standing at the front of the bar, and they're all standing behind her, so they can laugh at her, basically, but they say they want her, you know, you be in the front so you get the best view, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Diane is watching, and she's just ecstatic, and they're laughing, and she says, I always wanted to dance so badly, and Norm says, looks like you've got your wish. (laughs) Yes. So... Those are great, mm-hmm. and then just to finish up with that parts on that episode, because I would say it's one of my favorites, even though it wasn't like one of my top ones. I liked this just the storyline of the guys, in particular Fraser, rewriting Madame LeCoq's review of Diane's dancing. I'm like, well, she'll never know, you know. This is just a one-time thing to give her this kind of send-off on a positive note, but just mm-hmm. the consequences of where Diane took that. Really thought that that was it was a good story. I think good kind right. of setup. So. Right,
1: I have a moment, and I don't know what episode this is from. So I know mm-hmm. you'll probably know. Um, I know it's the episode where, as a subplot, Carla is trying to get rid of cats.
0: Oh yeah, had a cat,
1: and then the cat had kittens, and they're in mm-hmm. a box and all that. And then, at episodes in, she's pawned them all off on Norm. And you see Norm yes. walking through the bar with cats on his shoulder and his pocket all draped all over him. Yeah. What episode is
0: that, I i think it's the cape cad i'm not 100 positive but i think it's the the cape cad but yeah you know i love that part too and but it does he has like cats in his pocket like little kittens in his pocket and Mm -hmm. yeah draped all over him and like on his arm and he's just holding him as he you know kind of walks out with his last beer that yes
1: that is in fact the cape cad i i looked up i had Mm a an episode guide here posted up so
0: that is the cape cad that's good I like the episode. It's from Never Love a Goalie Part 1. Fraser comes in. He's looking sad. He tells Sam that a colleague of sorts passed away, a Mm -hmm. colleague that contributed volumes to the world of psychology. And that colleague is Bombo the Chimpanzee. Bombo is one of Dr. Harry Harlow's apes. So Harry Harlow studied attachment, basically like human parenting and child rearing and theories of attachment with cloth monkey versus wire monkey studies. And so I, I like that I, when I first saw Tears, I'm sure I didn't know about about that. But then when I watched it again years later, I was like, oh, I know all about this, you know. Right. Um, so that was fun. But it's also just the way they're handling it. And Fraser is depressed about Bombo being the last of the group and the baby. I can still see him clutching his little cloth surrogate mother. <laughs> I mean, their writing is so good. Yeah. And then later, Sam tells Frazier that Bombo would have wanted Frasier to go to the hockey game. That's also, right. So I like that whole, that, I like that storyline for Fraser that right. runs through that. Speaking
1: of Frazier, I
0: have, and I
1: think these are from, no, they're not from the same episode. I'm sorry. Let me, uh, Frasier also in uh, Never Love a Goalie Part 1. Uh, okay. Taking the advice of going to the ball game, and he is um, arrested for getting in a a little brawl brouhaha yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, and after his arrest, he comes into the bar. This is one of the quotes I wrote down. And, and again, I can't. I'm not going to even attempt to do it with his expert deadpan delivery. But there is that, and that makes the line. Dr. Fraser Crane, noted psychiatrist, winner of the Mildred Bergman Fellowship, author of 27 published articles
0: is out on, on bail. bail. <laughs> it's great. It's a very dark, like I don't even know if Shakespearean would be the right description, but he almost seems like sort of some sort of like Shakespearean, you know, mm-hmm. depressed character when he says that. It's right. great. I really enjoy and think is a great part of the episode. Sam's sort of elderly reverie and I do adieu just the imagination that he has when he's sitting in the living room and then of course mm-hmm. comes back in that scene at the end when he and Diane are dancing but the scene it's almost like their home is the new cheers in a way she have got Cliff coming in and Cliff is the now elderly mailman still carrying his mailbag and <laughs> yes, Norm yeah. comes in and he's like what is it Sam asks him like what's up Norm is like me about uh, 17 times a night or something like that it's just it's like because they really are in character Like you can see them being those older people and yeah. living that way and just that vision of Sam and Diane but the entire thing I think was so funny and just so mm-hmm. well done so I would put that as one of my favorite scenes in the in the season
1: absolutely all right I got. I forgot to write this one down but it comes to my mind mm-hmm. um, it's a thoroughly juvenile kind of line but I'm going to put it in because I laughed at it um in uh, house is not a home when they are putting on their little Christmas in July for the uh, departing um, homeowners. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, 80 degrees in there and everyone's, you know, Sam's miserable and Diane's going on and on. And, and uh, he's like, all right, time to go. You know, let's get everybody out of here. Well, Sam, they haven't we haven't roasted the chestnuts. And he says, yeah. think again, sweetheart. Yes, again. <laughs> <And> he's, <laughs> he's fanning himself with Santa's Santa thing. suit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why, but that line just got me so good. Yeah, I that is
0: it. funny. <laughs> the way he says it is funny. Yeah. I think um, this is more like on the theme arena, just that the, the mm-hmm. Diane's artistic aspirations basically throughout the season. And we've seen them before, of course, in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. But in this season, they have poetry with everyone imitates art, ballet with dance, 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 and then filmmaking with Cheers, the motion picture. And I think that when Sam that great speech that he's not speech but when he talks to her in I do I do about how she has to take her shot and he goes through which is really I mean it's a touching thing that he says but he also is going through this list of things that she's terrible at uh-huh, <laughs> which is yeah. hilarious and i think he mentions all of those things like poetry and dancing and filmmaking or in there are others as well Like there may have been drawing which we saw in season 1 when she was the caricaturist and I can't remember all the others, but we've definitely seen some things that she has tried, you know, to ill effect. Right. Um, and so we finally found something you're good at. So I really I like that entire thing, like these, all of these things that she's trying and she can't quite pick one like we've discussed um, or she's just not good at it until they find writing. Absolutely. I have
1: uh, from the uh, season premiere, The Proposal. Mm Sam and Fraser are kind of commiserating over Diane turning down Sam's proposal, and uh, Fraser is kind of starting to imagine daydreaming about choking her I think it is he talks about the cartilage and everything and and how you know trying to reassure Sam that your thoughts are not they don't mean you're terrible or anything that's just you know natural that you're going to say think that and um, I can't remember all of what he says but it's clear that he's thinking back to his own rejection by Diane and Mm -hmm. uh, her squeezing her neck or whatever and then ends with I'm a respected psychologist (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) right. because it's so cheery how he says that line
0: yes that's right yeah because he's getting darker and darker and then he kind of snaps out of it says Mm -hmm. that that is so funny is it in that episode too when she's talking like when diane comes back to the bar and she's describing what happened and how she turned him down and his proposal and she's like that poor man can you imagine it's something like that and then fraser's like gee i'll try yes
1: yeah i think i think that was also the proposal yeah that was another one
0: Mm mm-hmm I like the part when in the proposal when Diane jumps into the ocean when Sam's kind of coming after her. It's not even a jump. It's just like she fa- sort of jump falls off the uh-huh. end of the boat like in this little tuck position. <laughs> I just right. That was really good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is from uh, the episode One Last Fling. Mm. Uh, Sam is at his little bachelor party and unaware that uh, Diane is the one ready to hop out of the cake <laughs> and he you know it dawns on him that you know it's going to be one woman for the rest of his life he won't stop talking about this going on and on the mm-hmm. guys are becoming more and more uncomfortable and Norm is kind of trying to get him to stop talking <laughs> and finally Norm just like uh you know basically says, "Hey, if you don't shut up shut you know? up. <laughs> right. really right in his face about it and yeah yeah like that but yeah, there's just so many. That's the thing with this show. I mean, yeah. and, and, well, OK, let me just say, um, and I I'm sure this will come as no surprise to anyone who listened to our coverage of Cheers, the motion picture. But mm. I didn't even bother writing down lines and quotes from that S- because same. we would be here all day. So right. that would have you know, been the whole episode. That's, just, that's, you just I have, have to watch the whole same. episode. The whole episode is fantastic so right i didn't
0: write those down i didn't include it in anything for that same reason it's like it's yeah. gonna just take up almost every category for the most part we
1: might as well just insert our episode of that episode here <laughs> right? and it's replay like that for that was probably what an hour and a half or something yeah. at least so yeah
0: it, mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm trying to think of a particular moment in young dr weinstein that would be a good scene or category because i really do like it i think it's funny and there's some great lines mm-hmm in that one but no particular scene is coming to mind i just i think that the ted danson especially did a great job with sort of like the farcical nature of it and fraser setting the whole thing up. i, I enjoy that one no me too i just can't think of like a one moment that stands out anything else oh okay um <laughs>
1: <laughs> the cape
0: Cad. When oh, the Sam, waiter in that. I'm sorry to interrupt, the, you, but he could have been a guest star, too, a good guest star. He could have been, yeah, absolutely. He, Willie Garson or Garson, I guess. Yes, I uh-huh, that's right. But
1: I'm thinking about when, um, to keep, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Diane from finding out that his date has left for the weekend, um, mm-hmm. Sam offers $50 to a middle-aged couple to go make noise <laughs> in the bathroom. In the
0: bathroom. <laughs> like, let so, a the husband say something like, do you want us to snap towels? Or there's something yes. like that about yeah, snapping yeah, yeah, towels. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep. The whole thing, the whole just absurdist thing. Um, yeah, I just enjoyed that whole bit. Just how how they 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 look so scandalized at first, and they go along with it. <laughs> right, it falls apart utterly. They just, and, like they had
0: fun with it. Apparently, yeah, yeah.
1: I feel like that really pretty well covers it. it uh, covers Diane, a lot. Diane at the trial as the jury forewoman. There's a lot of good little bits there. Oh just how yeah, that's true. She is, and um, everyone's reacting to her and. Mm-hmm not one specific bit but i rewatched that bit and um yeah that was that was pretty good
0: i like her reaction when the couple comes into the bar after they've reconciled mm-hmm. the woman drop the charges the attempted murder charges on the husband and diane is over at their table taking their order and she orders a bloody mary and Diane's just like oh it's <laughs> her <Yeah>. reaction look <laughs> on her face right i remember that being right. great well, we can go on to the superlatives of the bottom three and top three if you want. And if anything else comes up, which I'm sure that it will, we can always peg that in. Sounds good. Let's start with the bottom three. Yes. What is your third least favorite episode? My third
1: least favorite episode. There's one, maybe two that I can think of that I'm just like, okay, this was what? What was the point? It's yeah. not that they're bad. It's, for me, it's what's most memorable. Because I have a difficult time sometimes at the end of 27 episodes or whatever, going back and remembering everything. And so if it's one that I don't remember as well, that is most likely one that's probably going to rank lower for me just because it doesn't stand out as much. Um, My third least favorite, it was a toss up. All right, um, I'm going to go with the book of Samuel. Okay. And really, because... You talking about Desiree triggered a little bit for me, but before that, I couldn't remember too much. It's when when Woody's ex-girlfriend, Beth, comes to town. She's got a new guy, Mm -hmm. um, and they set Woody up with someone who turns out to be Sam's cleaning lady, as we talked about. So by no means a bad episode, just one that didn't stand out as particularly memorable for me for any, any sort of reason. So that's why that's there.
0: I could see that. Cause I do think she was a good character and the part of the Woody story, like he carried it and that was good. But even having looked through the notes for that earlier today, like I can't remember what the other story was and it's, it's not a standout. Again, like you said, not bad, but it's not standout in my mind either. I had a difficult time with number three. There are two that was sort of fit. One of the, is the Knights of the Scimitar for very similar reasons to what you just said about the book of Samuel. I remember what the storylines are, but I don't find either of them to be particularly hilarious or compelling. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's Mm -hmm. the episode in which Cliff joins the Knights of the Scimitar and can get, you know, Norm in. And it's just such a big deal for Cliff. And Norm easily gets in the Knights of the Scimitar and then leaves when he learns that they have outlawed beer at the meetings (laughs) and so forth. So it's like there are funny bits to it, but it's not. there's just not a lot. And then the other part of that is Diane... Having been a teaching student or teaching, sorry, a teaching assistant to a student that has fallen in love with her, and mm-hmm. sort of like shoving that in Sam's face, which is never my favorite storyline. It seems like we kind of get a lot of that this season from Diane. Uh, that particular behavior, and then the student is Lance Apollinaire, which is a great name. And we'll give them that, <laughs> and then just all of the things around that. You know, like should she go yeah. off with him? Should she not? Like there are definitely some little humorous points in that, but overall, it's just it doesn't do anything for me so I would say that that one and then one the other option for number three is one last fling which I think is ultimately the better episode of the two it just by that point in the series I'm like I don't want to see any more of this like just yeah. the arguing and the you know <laughs> tedium right. about sex and all of this with their relationship but I do think that it's ultimately the the better of the two episodes. So probably the Knights of the Scimitar would be my third least favorite.
1: Yeah, that's definitely that was one of the runnings uh, in the running for me. Because okay. again, not a bad one, but just not very compelling. You know, it's like, OK, this is a story plot. There's a few good lines, but overall, it just doesn't do anything for me.
0: Yeah. OK,
1: my Never. second least favorite episode would have to be Money Dearest again. Just not memorable and and I don't think having an entire episode centered around Cliff and his mother is gonna really do anything for anybody. It's she's just yeah. not really I don't know. it's you know, I, I've Cliff is a mixed bag for me. He's got some good lines, but I also find him very a little much sometimes, mm-hmm. um, just like we do with Diane, but he's in a different way. And yeah. so bringing in his mother, who's fine as a character, but just not very, she's not very charismatic. She's not, there's not a lot to her, in my opinion. Um, right. I agree as with that. that, as the central plot of that episode really didn't do anything. I just wasn't interested at all.
0: So Money Dearest is also my second least favorite. Oh. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> uh, for exactly those reasons, and I've said several times already, that like I tend to, I think I tend to favor episodes that feature Norm, I think as far as the supporting character's, go like he can carry an episode whereas cliff i tend to not like those episodes not like across it's not like 100 percent, but overall i would say i favor his episodes the least mm-hmm. at least when he's leading it and i agree like there's not that much to it you know i think that that character that his mother is going to marry the was it duncan was it fitzgerald or fitzpatrick or whatever his name was there could have been a little bit more development of him to make you care when he died <laughs> you know as bad as that sounds but just the whole <laughs> yeah. thing is kind of cynical as well i remember sam has some like good sort of like moral points to cliff about like your mom really likes this guy and so forth you know so it's not like i don't think it was awful but it just i yeah i don't really care for it either for all those reasons and i don't remember what the if it, what if anything the other storyline was for that so yeah you know, i just I, don't care for it and all the the cliff and his mom scenes. I just I dislike those. So yeah, yeah.
1: I agree. Um, I'm willing to bet we have the same pick for our least favorite of the season. Based well, on well, yeah, I'm sure memory. that you know what mine is. So I, I would... think I do. I could be wrong. Do you want to go or you want me to go? No, you go ahead. If you want to my least favorite of the season
0: is dog bites cliff. Mm-hmm.
1: You're correct. That's just <laughs> I knew we both did not really enjoy that one
0: yeah every other episode I mean any other least favorite episode is even Miles. even money dearest is miles below with that episode. This to is me.
1: the one that you actively dislike
0: of the entire series
1: yeah of the entire series
0: of all eleven years of cheers it is my least favorite episode okay and you probably I, mean, I don't probably want to spoil the future before, for but us but no, no, I'm I just really... think
1: that that's interesting to know that this is your least favorite I and mean, like one and a all. half
0: other ones that I'm like, I really don't like this. I don't want to see it, yeah.
1: but yeah, wow. That's a big Go
0: statement. Ahead, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, I mean, that's a big statement. I. It,
1: it was just a very confusing episode. Like, I remember when we talked about it, we were kind of, I didn't know what my read was on, I don't even remember the broad's name. What was
0: her what was I know. Her that's name? The, and I hate to, I'm sure she's wonderful, but it's like, I would put her in my least favorite guest actor category. And yeah. I've never even thought about someone not being good or being bad on tears, except for her. Anita Morris. I Anita, think that's Mo- I Anita Morris is the actress.
1: Madeline Keith. Yes. Yeah. That was the character. Mm -hmm. I remember just being very confused and ultimately not even caring what her motives were. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whereas I know you, I think, right away saw it as being, oh, she's just clearly being manipulative and, and everything, which I see now. I don't know why I was confused, but the fact that I was confused, I think, just signals that this was just, I don't know, this whole thing was just a weird episode. It, it, I don't know. It's just what was the point of it? That, like I no, said, there's no the point. other ones don't stand out, but that doesn't mean by any stretch that they're bad. Right. But this was one that it really does kind of stand out as, okay, what is the point here? Like it just felt really, yeah, but I'll let you take the floor.
0: No, I don't want to interrupt (laughs) you.
1: No, I I really don't have anything more than that to say on it.
0: Well, I tend to not like reviews of episodes where it's just just bashing the episode. I don't remember if we talked about this when we actually did the episode. But if you're just going to go through and complain about the whole thing, like that's not my favorite thing. But like this honestly is the episode in tears where I feel like I could pretty much do that. Like there are a couple parts that I remember almost like a lifeline out of the rest of the episode. I'm like, oh, well, that was pretty good. You know, like the cyan going to the, was she going to go to the Buddhist monastery at the beginning and Mm -hmm. there's a whole conversation about the Zen Koan and she's like, I won't be coming back, but I will, which I don't think is that funny, but it's like that (laughs) entire discussion is like pure gold compared to the plot line of the episode. Right. The only point of which I think is funny in a good cheers way is when Cliff calls Sam when Madeline's about to come and get in the bed and Sam's like, and you called me? You know, that was kind of funny. But, I mean, it is just not worth it to get to that point. I I agree. I I mean, I can't... It almost isn't bear discussing more than we already did. I just think it's a bad episode. And like I said, I wouldn't say that about hardly any. <laughs> no, well, in episode. a way,
1: I'm, I'm kind of glad to hear you say that again because it's like, okay, well, so we have hit the bottom of the barrel here and it's yeah. season five and we've gotten through it and now yeah. you're saying I mean, there are basically. that I
0: don't, I, again, like it'll be interesting to discuss going forward because I, you know, I think I've said, in my opinion, the latter half of the show has more highs and better episodes but they also have some parts that aren't as good. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit, like I would say the range is, it's a greater range mm-hmm. but to me, there is just Nothing that quite dips as low as episode. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Just do wow. not like it. Don't like it at all.
1: Yeah. Shall we move on to our top three yes. episodes yes. of season Let's 5 get back
0: into the positive here. All right. I'll let you kick it off. Okay. I would like, because I can't decide ever on just three, <laughs> I'm going to have an honorable mention. And this okay. is difficult because it could be one of the top three. But I'm going to put I do adieu in the honorable mention positionings. I think it's a mm. fantastic episode. It could very well be in the top three. I think it's just kind of depends on what I find appealing on any given day in some regards. Like it's always going to be like a cluster of episodes. So I'm going to be totally random. But I think, you know, in some points it could be in the top three if I've just watched or something like that. I think a little bit of that is just its placement in the science last episode. So I'm kind of maybe taking away a little bit point-wise, you know, for that and giving it the honorable mention position. But I do think it's a great episode. I think the way that it sends Diane off is perfect for her character. I think the way they handled Sam and Diane was something we had, like, we'd only seen hints of before, but it was actually something that I could probably watch more of, more so than the constant analysis and arguing that we've seen for a while. This was characteristic of the relationship, but there's some bits in there that I thought were unique. I liked how they used Sumner in there. To kind of be like the sort of the tempter to get Diane away from Cheers, mm-hmm. and then like I mentioned, the scene of all of the people in their dotage and <laughs> Sam's little reverie and the betting over the wedding gave it such a comical flair in the midst of what you know is sort of an emotional episode. So that's comes in as my number four. Not quite, not quite on the metal stand, but close. Got it. I can do another one if you don't have an honorable mention. <laughs> it's n- not uh, something I'm supposed to have.
1: No, you know what? That's okay. I really don't. Um, I was pretty settled on my top three. So, but uh, okay. please go
0: ahead. Okay. So, three, I decided <sighs> it's dinner at eight ish. Mm. I think it's fantastic. Again, like some of these, aside from the number one, which I'm going to guess we also have in common, as we did with the least favorite, <laughs> but some of these could sort of reorder themselves. But I think it's just a fantastic, it's like a play. I think that. The all four of those people Lilith and Frasier and Sam and Diane are just uh, they play off of each other so well especially given that Lilith at BB Newark has only been in, in like a clip from season four and then you know a fair bit of abnormal psychology but it's really her second full episode and just mm-hmm. the rapport between all of them I think is fantastic good scenes good dynamic all of that good lines good timing the parts in the bar are okay We get Corinne, which adds a lot, but the whole thing, I think it was when, isn't Cliff taking care of Carla's kids or something like that, and they deliver um, him? And that's fine, but it just, it was unnecessary, in my opinion, given the rest of the episode. I know they have to have something to do for the supporting, the other supporting characters, but I I would say like it's a number three, because I think the the part at Fraser's home is so fantastic. mm -hmm. Um, And you don't really need the rest of it, aside from the Corinne part. Yeah. I agree with that for me. I agree with that.
1: All right. So number three for me is Young Dr. Weinstein. Oh. I I just think it's a a really fun episode. You know, it definitely goes on the farcical side. But I just enjoy it. I think you have um, Sam and Diane, they're they're actors, I should say, just, you know, having a lot of fun with it. And Mm -hmm. I I like kind of how it just evolves into utter chaos at the end of it. Um, and they're just constantly trying to one up each other, Diane and Sam. And it's just a really fun, memorable one that I could see rewatching a lot just for that, for that fun factor. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. it's one of those where critically, you know, you probably look at it and you're like, okay, well, but it's fun. It's like highly rewatchable for me. So that's my number three. Yeah.
0: You know, I think it's a good episode too. I don't think it's like critically, I think it's good. And I do think it's really fun. Like it's definitely would be in my top however many. Um, so I can totally see that. So my number two is Thanksgiving orphans. Like I think we discussed when we discussed this episode that the like all of the, it's all funny. Like the food fight is absolutely the culmination of this, but the entire buildup of what's going on in the bar, like Diane is dressing up as a, you know, in this, what would, however she describes it, like traditional colonial headwear, feminine headwear mm-hmm. to go to the professor's house. The whole discussion of her buddying up to William Styron while she's there and them going to Carla's new house for Thanksgiving. It's perfect use of that plot of Carla buying this new house and then just everybody discussing how they got there and, you know, like everybody showing up and the TV going back and forth. all the gags, yeah. but then just all the camaraderie among the people and the time lapse and so forth and them mm-hmm. waiting for this turkey, like all of it, I think. is so much fun and it's just so well-structured, too, to lead up to that food fight. So it's not just like, oh, let's just, you know, we don't know how to end this. Let's have a big food fight. Like it all really works so well from the very beginning onward leading into that, you know, it's just, and then just, <laughs> it's the moment to me in the food fight because it's, it's almost not dramatic, but like when Frazier, not Frazier, Cliff throws the yams in Fraser's head, he's like, how about some of these yams or something like that? And then just like slaps him with it. It's just the funniest thing because it was almost, casual and then they break into this big food fight. I Just mm-hmm. everything about it, I think, just really, really works. So it's a well-deserved classic. Yeah. In my opinion.
1: Absolutely. No, that's a great yeah. episode. That's definitely, that'd probably be my number four pick, quite honestly. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. My number two, though, is one you've already mentioned, which is Dinner at 8-ish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When that episode came along, I thought that might be my favorite of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly a, a hallmark of the first five years, just a great like everything you said and then more, you know, just just seeing Fraser and Lilith in their environment and knowing that we're going to be seeing a lot more of them in the future. It's just a great episode. We've said everything there is to say on it, I think.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like you probably watch it again and get more because it's one of those episodes oh, yeah. that just folds, yeah, you know, with the humor. And,
1: and it, 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 it plays like a like a theatrical play, too. That's one of the things we noticed. Yes. You know, you're on it again with the exception of a couple of those scenes back at the bar. It's on this this stage, you know, and it mm-hmm. very well could be staged in front of a live audience and, you know, in a theater, I should say. So, yeah, so much to to dig in there. And and they just have a lot of fun with all the little little quirks of Lilith and Fraser and the body language and everything.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So fun. And and the lines. Yeah, it's great. So my number one, and I'm sure this is yours as well, if I were a betting person, which Mm. I sort of am, cheers the motion picture. Yes, ma'am. Just... I can't say enough about it. I mean, we've said plenty about it, but it, I mean, it really is just sheer fun from start to finish. The characters are great. It's It has enough emotion, but it's just hilarious, like surprisingly hilarious. To me, it's like almost beyond cheer is hilarious in some of the like little mm-hmm. gags, and yet it fits. So I just, I think it's a tremendous episode. I think we mentioned too on the podcast that we did on that episode that I even like that they have sort of the foil of Woody being the character that's going to leave. Like you're worried about Woody leaving and it's Diane that's leaving in a couple episodes, you know. But it's not done in a cheap way. I just think that it was – even that is so well done and so well mm-hmm. like just sort of set up for the season and its placement in the season. It, pretty much we would have to quote the entire episode and go over yeah. the whole episode that we did on it again to get everything in. But it's just – it's fantastic.
1: Absolutely. I feel like that's one of the episodes where you could almost it, it, it has so much value and content for people who have watched the show to that point and know all the characters like you. But yeah. then I also feel like if you were to introduce someone who'd never really seen the show, that might be the perfect introductory episode. To get a feel for okay, here are the characters. In terms of who the mm. characters are, that episode sums up so much. I think like it's a, it's a it great does. almost like an introductory episode. If if someone were to say okay, show me the one at least to this point essential Cheers episode to yeah. get an idea of who the characters are and how this show works. I think I think this episode could be a contender for that.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, just because you get so thought- much from it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think if there's enough... It's not even satire, but there's something, like, I think that you'd have to understand the characters to really appreciate it. But at the same time, I think you're right, because it goes... Every character has his or her turn, and, like, a lot of great material. Yeah. And I do remember that being an episode, like, either the first or one of the very first episodes that I saw in the original Cheers airing way back when. So it must have struck something. Right. own, Yeah.
1: Yeah, great episode. So
0: good. No. In fact, by far, the best of the best far surpasses, like, the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, the Definitely. best is much better than the worst is worse, even oh, though yeah. it's my least favorite episode of the series. Cheers, the motion picture is so much better than that is bad. So. Yes, absolutely. A triumph.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, So what would you say overall of this Mm. season in terms of, you know, we're nearing... Well, we are. We are at the end of the first era of the show, if you will. And Diane has left us for the time being. And Mm -hmm. where do you stand with season five in terms of the final season for her and building on everything that's come before? What What are your overall thoughts on that?
0: I think that's a really... It's a good question. I know that in several of the episodes we discussed how... This season, Diane's little obsession seemed to do with like getting Sam to propose and then with wedding planning, like the china patterns and the bedding and where they're going for their honeymoon and the ring, like all of these things that are not the things that the Diane of earlier seasons was interested in, necessarily. And I've read comments that that's like a change in her character and so forth. I don't know if it's like a an abrupt switch, but it does seem kind of different for her. Because they also, I don't know that they knew at the beginning of that season that Shelley Long was going to leave. Now, partway through, they did, um, but I don't know at what point that was set toward her ending. It's not, I guess, like the, all of the the proposal—not the episode, the proposal—but in general, the idea of the proposal, like leaving, it, leading into all of these things about the marriage. It's not my favorite thing. I can see how some of it's necessary for that plot line, and for how those characters are going to like work out the end of the season, but. It seems like there could have been, I don't know, stuff that was a little funny. Like, there were funny bits in it, like where they're going to go for their honeymoon and Sam decides they're going to go to Disney World and <laughs> you right. know all of that. But I, I don't know that that was the the best use of her character in those parts. I think I preferred the parts of it that were, like, I was talking about, like, about her artistic aspirations because that, to me, was their genuine avenue into her leaving the show. It's kind of like these two big things in her life have come against each other and she's become convinced that she can't do both. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was good. I mean, maybe it was good to have some of the, like, sort of the giddy marriage stuff for her in there. I just think that that overshadowed some of the other stuff sometimes. And I far prefer the episodes that were, like, that everyone imitates art or dance, 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 when she's pursuing one of these interests that she has, you know, to no avail and whatnot. Um, And kind of how that came to that culmination in the end. And like I said, I think it's a great send-off. Like, that episode, I do, I do, I think is a great send off for her and very genuine you know she's got to kind of follow her own path and sam is telling her this to take her shot so overall i think they did a good job with it that's yeah. what i have to say for now what about you no i mean
1: i i think we and i know we've talked about this and i was actually watching um i, I saw a clip or read an interview or something where Shelley long kind of gave her comments on all this she felt like mm. you know by this point in time they had done everything they could do with her character yeah I agree especially with that. as it pertains with the whole Sam and Diane relationship you can right. only go through so much and they already tested the majority of i think viewers patience i know ours with yeah. the whole Sam and Diane dynamic and so you really can't push that push your luck much farther so i think in terms of I don't think you could have had a better exit for someone, you know, and we've talked about too Mm -hmm. where, you know, you have someone who decides to leave a show and you write them out and, I feel like the majority of times it's not a very satisfactory end to it especially if they didn't know that someone wasn't going to return now here they had advanced warning they could plan ahead and they did and it worked out really well so right. in that regard and I think it was as you said also true to character you know you have her kind of she's her 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 artistic aspirations are waylaid by this whole promise of marriage and domestic life and she's all for it And then when it comes back into saying, oh, hey, something that I've always kind of wanted to do but forgot about for a few years, here's an opportunity Mm -hmm. to really do something with it. And she chooses that, basically, which is fine. That's her choice. That's who, you know, we're we're led to believe she would be as a character. So I kind of like in that respect that it kind of brings us back to the beginning of the episode, uh, the beginning of the series, rather, you know, when she's kind of this TA and aspiring literature whatever and we got away from that in many respects and she became interested in all sorts of other artistic pursuits as we've talked about yeah and this kind of brings it back so i I like that it's full circle in that way i love when a show does it because it's rarely done anymore Mm -hmm. um overall i thought it's a very strong season i mean there really are no to me low points i mean like i said dog bites cliff would be the one that we're both the only episode that we're both kind of like, okay, that really does not work. But all the other episodes, it's not that they're actively disliked so much.
0: And it wasn't like a low, I don't think it considered a low point in terms of like a trajectory of the season either. It's like, that was a bad episode, but it's not like, Oh, here was this whole cluster of episodes that didn't work for the show or where it was going or anything like that. It's just like a individual episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, overall, and, and I, I do like, as much as you know, the whole Sam and Diane dynamic is exhausting. the 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 first half of the season, with her having turned him down, and he kind of antagonistic toward her, and eventually proposes, and the build up to the wedding. Mm-hmm. In terms of an arc, I mean, it is a story arc, a and it works. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's consistent mostly throughout, and so credit where credit's due. But. Um, yeah, overall, I, I feel like just so much works so well in the season, and then the high points are extremely high. You know, mm, you yeah. have I mean, you have a great run toward the end of episodes. You have yeah, you know, you've got dinner at eightish. Simon says uh, the motion picture. A few episodes later, the finale. Yeah. You've got some real solid episodes
0: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I definitely think they were hitting out of the park like more often than not at the end, and then just were consistent through like throughout. You know, in terms of quality. And then even the the ones like I always think of, you know, I'm a fan of, like I said, like sort of the Norm's philosophy, I guess, episodes, like Norm's first hurrah. It's a great character episode, I think. And then the scene at the end is one of my favorite in all of Cheers when uh, Norm is talking to Diane. It's almost like each character has that sort of farewell time with her or just like, or some sort of like moment or exchange or whatever it is. And I liked their dynamic throughout the season, Norm and Diane's. And really, like, overall, like, really, honestly, and this will be something when we do our, we're going to do a Cheers, the first five years show before we move on to season six. Um, So we can kind of go into, I guess, more depth on, you know, the whole trajectory. But I really, even from the beginning, like, when Diane is first at Cheers and she, she goes, doesn't she go to that bathroom and she's walking back down the hallway Mm -hmm. and Sam has said that she's engaged or whatever. And Norm kinda like claps her on the back Uh and she kinda falls for Even from that point, (laughs) like there's just something special I think about her Norm and Diane's affinity for each other that I really enjoy. And so like that having that part of that episode when he's like she's she does care about him but she doesn't understand it and she's so different than he is, you know, when he says that he's you know, doesn't want to go for it. He's happy to be a bench warmer and all those things that he says, you know, I really like that conversation between yeah. them. I think that's a big highlight. And I really think dance, dance, dance is hilarious. And that also plays to her artistic you know, aspirations and how far she takes it unrealistically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think it's hilarious, you know? So they're definitely, I think, this high point. And then, like you you mentioned, young Dr. Weinstein. And that's just a great hysterical individual episode, really. Yeah. So they're definitely, definitely, like, I think big high points through the whole season. And then some of the episodes that I think, if I just think about them and think about the plot, they're not necessarily ones that I would rush to rewatch. But... I really enjoy them when I'm in the middle of watching them. Like I think of the Cape Cad as that. And it's like if you just describe the story to me, I'd be like, oh that sounds kind of tedious, you know. But it's really fun when you're actually yeah, watching it. It is. So, absolutely. Yeah. So they you know, they've gotten to a good place with with that kind of thing too, I think.
1: I think there's there one thing that I, I've said this I'm sure before, so you know, I apologize. But one of the things that stands out to me that I really enjoy about Cheers among many is that There really is something to like in every single episode. Even the ones that you don't like, you can find some good lines. You can find a few bits in your life, you know, get a chuckle out of them, you know? Yeah. So I enjoy that because even even if, let's say you're doing a rewatch or, you know, something pops up on TV, you're like, oh, this episode, but you will be inevitably sucked in in some regard and like something about it.
0: Yeah. When I first started rewatching Tears, which is in 2019, I didn't, I mean, and there were a lot of them. There are moments I remember. There's some episodes I remember. There were a lot that I didn't remember at all. And when I finished it, I waited for a while. I was like, okay, I'm just going to like move on with life or whatever. I <laughs> just, just like, I have to see it again. I went back, I watched it over. And I didn't skip any of the episodes, even the ones that I knew. I'm like, oh, I don't care for this one quite so much. Because somehow it is a complete story, you know, even those episodes that I, like the few that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's always some little bit of character you can get from it. Yeah. Usually, much else. But even if not, there's some like little <laughs> thing about somebody or some line. Sure. that's Hysterical. Yeah. Anything else that you can think of?
1: That's about it. Like I said, we'll have a uh, we'll have our uh, the first five years summation before long. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Kind of go over the episodes that really stand out um we'll talk about mm-hmm. how we want to do that but i just just reflecting kind of on you know where we are to this point because again i have not seen beyond this point at all
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i know a, a little bit but very little um right. and i'm very excited it's, to it's, see where they go
0: yeah i'm so excited and uh, to get i mean we, could, we have to kind of give the proper send off for the first five we do months, but we i'm do. so excited to get to. into six, season six exactly start anew <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.